Well, praise the Lord. Uh, it's always, uh, it always seems like it's uh, a long distance till we get here. And uh, then once we're here, it seems like it goes by so quickly and we're back on the road again. Uh, but uh, the team will be moving on to Oakton, Virginia tomorrow, starting an assembly the first thing uh, tomorrow morning at 9.30. And uh, we'll be there through Sunday. Looking forward to a good time there. But my, what a time we have had here. This place has been a beehive of activity, believe me. Uh, from the kitchen crew and all the work that they did to the staplers, to the folders, to the uh, collators, to the folks that carried the boxes in and carried the boxes out. Uh, it certainly has been a, a wonderful and blessed time of fellowship and work. Uh, and I really appreciate everybody coming out and, and doing a a great job. When you think about 43,000 scripture books that uh, are just about ready to go and the impact that it can have on people's lives, uh, it's exciting to me. And so we thank you ever so much for uh, the good time that we've had, everything that has been done, uh, the accommodations that you provided for us, and then of course all the wonderful meals and the good work, uh, the good turnout. I think uh, Monday night we counted there was uh, 50 people here. And uh, so we really, really appreciate the, uh, the turnout and the support and looking forward, if the Lord tarries is coming, uh, to being back with you again uh, next year. Uh, I don't think I mentioned the Radiothon on Sunday, did I? We, we had the opportunity, uh, we, we have this project that, we're going, that we are doing in Samoa. Uh, we started a few years ago, we're placing a Bible in every single home uh, in Samoa. And uh, just a little side issue on that. One of the shipments that we made was during COVID and it got to the American side of Samoa and it couldn't get over to the island where uh, we're distributing the books. And uh, so they set the table up and uh, all of the Bibles up in front of a fish factory. And the folks would come out and, and they got Bibles and they wanted their picture taken uh, with their Bible. And then later we found out who owned that fish factory. Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> and I thought, what a wonderful blessing that is that we was, she provided us uh, a great gathering of individuals and allowed us to use her facilities to pass out Bibles. I'm sure she just really, really was appreciative of that when news got back to her that Beacon of Truth was passing out Bibles in front of her fish factory uh, in, in Samoa. But they finally got over to the other side of the island, was distributed. Uh, but one of the things that we're doing is an ongoing project so that we place a Bible in every single home uh, in Samoa. And uh, this will be the third printing that we've done. And uh, here last year, uh, we approached a, a friend of ours, a preacher friend of ours that has three radio stations. And uh, we asked him if he would think about maybe having us come for a few days and raise money uh, for the Bible project. And boy, he was all excited about that. And uh, so we all went up there and uh, it was in northern Pennsylvania, and uh, we was on Thursday, and we was on Friday, and uh, on Saturday. And uh, several folks come in, people called in. Uh, if you'd have known about it, you could have listened to it as well uh, on the internet, because it was on the internet as well, on Facebook and so forth. But in those three days, 
We was able to raise $45,000 for Bibles. And uh, what, a, what a blessing that is. Uh, it, it's going to take a total of 80000 in order to do the project this time, but we're going to print 26000 more Bibles, send them over there. We can do a whole Bible for $2.50, and then the shipping over to the American side of Samoa, then the shipping over to the island. Uh, it, it costs a little bit more to do that. So uh, just keep that in prayer, if you would, please. It's moving right along, and uh, the paper is ordered. It's supposed to come November the 22nd. Uh, then printing will start, we'll print those Bibles, start uh, putting those Bibles together, and uh, hopefully early next spring uh, we'll be able to make a shipment into the country and, and distribution will begin. It's really exciting uh, to see what the Lord is doing there, the opportunity that God has given to us. In fact, uh, we had a, a planning meeting here the other day, and uh, we're talking, there's a large segment of Samoan people in Australia. So when we get the island of, of Samoa done, we're thinking about moving over into Australia and uh, distributing the Bibles over there as well. And so just keep that in prayer, if you would, uh, that the Lord will continue to work. And we certainly appreciate the prayers of the folks here, appreciate the good work and partnership that we're able to have in reaching out to the world with the gospel of, of Jesus Christ. Uh, we've got enough uh, scripture books and we're just waiting on the final completion of the Bibles in order to send them uh, to Columbia, South America. Uh, a lot of the books that you did this week will be gone to other Spanish-speaking countries. We, uh, they're waiting for another shipment in Mexico. Uh, they're waiting for a shipment. They're wanting Bibles and, and Scripture books in Guatemala. And uh, so we're looking forward to the opportunity uh, of getting God's Word into these places uh, that souls can be reached for uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. I think I've said to you before, you know, the printing of these Bibles might be the only Bibles that are available during the tribulation period. Uh, for sure, uh, the Antichrist is not interested in printing Bibles. Uh, I believe very much so. He's going to destroy whatever Bibles that he can find. And so uh, what we print today might be the only Bibles that are available. And I believe Jesus is coming soon, don't you? Uh, I, I think we're right on the very verge of that trumpet sounding and uh, the grave's opening, and I've always thought I'd just as soon go by way of rapture uh, than by way of the graveyard. Uh, just have a little, uh, little. Uh, well, I won't go into that. But anyhow, uh, I look forward to the coming of the Lord. But, and the only reason that we're here right now is to get out the message of salvation so a few more people can be saved and uh, hear about the Lord Jesus and trust him as their personal Savior. So, Pastor John, thank you ever so much for inviting us. Uh, I, I remember when we were in Mexico together and uh, the folks that uh, you were assistant pastor then and uh, they, when you come back they were going to have a little meeting and a vote as to whether uh, to, to uh, retain you and I remember speaking to the, uh, the group that uh, was there and, and I said uh, you'd be very foolish to let this man go. Uh, I believe he's a, a, a good man from Albrook Baptist Church and and uh, little did the Lord know that uh, ultimately, and little did I know that ultimately he would become pastor, but I, I love Pastor John and the good fellowship that we're able to have with him and his family and uh, thrilled to death as to what uh, the Lord is doing here at Malbrook. I just wish I could be here for the old tent meeting down on the old property. I remember Floyd taking me down there and showing me that property and where it all started and commenced and... Uh, 
I, I wish I could be here for that. I know it will be an exciting time for you. To my knowledge, I, I don't think, uh, Danny, maybe you can answer that. I don't think there's been a meeting down there since the church moved up this way. So uh, it's going to have a, a, a fresh anointing uh, this coming Sunday. And uh, we'll pray for good weather, good crowds, uh, a good service, a good fellowship, and uh, the power of God's word going forth and speaking to people and challenging folks. And uh, wouldn't it be wonderful if a few people got saved as well on Sunday? All right, this evening I, I, I want to take a few moments here. We're not going to be very long. I promise uh, you'll get home in time to go to bed at 10 o'clock. So, uh, But, but uh, I'd like you to think a, a little bit about prayer. You know, we've been working, uh, working these last couple of days, and uh, it's wonderful to put your hand to the plow and uh, get these things done, but now the real work begins. And, and that's in the prayer closet. We need to pray that God's hand will accompany every one of these scripture books. Uh, we know that God wants them there. And, and we know that God wants to bless them wherever they go. And, and we know that there's going to be a harvest from the distribution of his word. And uh, he's given us that promise that it will not return to him void. And so we send them forth with that in heart and mind. But we also need to keep in mind there's an adversary that wants to prevent them from getting there. And it's only through prayer that we're able to defeat the devil and overcome the obstacles that he places in front of us to keep us from really reaching this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it's very important that every, every Christian exercises the privilege of prayer. And I'd like to talk a little bit about that this evening, but before we do, let's bow our hearts together in a word of prayer. Father, we do thank you and praise you for this time that we have and pray that as we open our Bibles and spend a few moments here uh, that you would bless and direct in all that we do and say. And then especially as we gather around the truck this evening, Lord, and pray for these scripture books that the anointing and power of the Spirit of God will be upon them and uh, they will find their way to the very people that need them, and uh, the Holy Spirit will be able to use the implanted seed of the Word of God to draw sinners to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus. And we'll certainly thank you and praise you for what you do because we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. It really is amazing to me that God has invited us to come to him in prayer. Uh, you and I, unworthy as we are, have been invited to come before the throne of grace and to do it with boldness and make our requests known unto him so that God can do a wonderful work in each of our hearts and lives. Our, our Lord Jesus set a, a wonderful example for us when it comes to this matter of prayer. Uh, the Bible tells us over and over again there were times that uh, Jesus spent all night in prayer. And before important decisions that he had to make, he would go to his heavenly father in prayer uh, before he called his disciples. Uh, the Bible tells us he prayed about that and uh, sought the advice and direction of his heavenly father uh, to make sure that he was making the right decision and, and choosing the, the right men for the job. So if Jesus had to do that, how much more we need to do that? He set the example, but you and I need to follow through with that. And certainly as you look at the early church and you read in the book of Acts over and over and over again, uh, those people prayed. 
the Bible tells us in Acts 2 and verse 42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. The early church practiced this great privilege of prayer, and of course we see the great results that happened as they prayed and as they sought the face of God and the power of God in order to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But just as important as prayer is, answers to prayer is important as well. Uh, the whole purpose of us praying is to get answers. Uh, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. So God not only wants us to pray, but God wants to respond to us in giving us answers to those prayers. We, we, we see a, a lot about prayer in the Bible. It's commanded that we do so. Luke 18, verse 1, the Bible says, Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Everything that we do, we need to bathe in prayer. I think any and every failure that we have as Christians can be attributed to our failure to pray. We need to be prayer warriors, coming to the Lord in prayer. When you see the call of the Savior, you see the importance and value of prayer. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. If there's a burden on your heart tonight, the, the way to get relief for that, that burden, that problem, is to come to the Lord in prayer. Lay it before him. And uh, certainly the Lord wants to answer those prayers. And then we see the compulsion of the Holy Spirit in the Word of God as well. In the Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18, uh, when Paul unfolded for us the, the warrior's things, the, the warrior's uh, equipment that he needed in order to go up against the strongholds of the devil, he concluded that passage of Scripture by saying that praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, Ephesians chapter 6 and in verse number 18. But just as important as prayer is, God's response to that prayer is important as well. How does God respond to our prayers? How's God responding to your prayers? How's God responding to my prayers? Well, the Bible tells us that his response will always be perfect. Aren't, aren't you thankful for that? Uh, come on now, a little help there. Remember what I told you on Sunday? Need a little help there. We, we need an amen there. Uh, his response is always going to be perfect. Uh, the, the Bible tells us in Genesis 18 and verse number 29, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Well, whatever God responds, how God responds to your prayers and my prayers, always is going to be right. Uh, we might think that it should have been different, uh, it might have been uh, earlier than later, but when he responds, it's always going to be right. I would also have to say that his response is always going to be profitable. Not only will it be right and perfect, but it's also going to be profitable. Uh, Romans chapter 8 and in verse number 28, uh, we know that scripture verse and I'm sure many of you could quote it this evening. But the Bible tells us in Romans 8 and 28 that all things, and if you don't have those two words underscored in your Bible, uh, you need to do so. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So 
any time and every time that God responds to the prayer request that we place before him, it's going to be profitable for us. It's going to be beneficial for us. All things are going to work out the way God wants them to work out. His response to our prayers is always going to be perceptive. The Bible says in this same portion of Scripture, in verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So when God responds to our prayers, it's going to be perfect. It's going to be profitable. It's going to be perceptive. And his response might mean a temporary delay. You remember the Apostle Paul when he prayed for this thorn in the flesh. We don't know what that was. Uh, there's been a lot of speculation as to, to what it is. I, I think my thorn in the flesh right now is my shoulder. And uh, uh, I don't know what your thorn might be, but there's things that come into our life that uh, just hold us back, and we can't, we can't be as uh, up and at it as we'd like to be. Uh, the, the thorn in Paul's flesh, we don't know what that was, uh, but he prayed three times that the Lord would take care of it and remove it from him, and, and the Lord denied that request. But he said, I got something far better for you. My grace is sufficient for thee. And, and Paul was able to come to the conclusion that I, I would rather glory in my infirmities because I know that when I'm weak, I am made strong. It looked like a delay for the apostle Paul, but in reality, it was just exactly what God wanted to do. His response might be final deliverance. You never know. He can deliver. And certainly as, as we pray and we seek the face of God and we ask God to do things, the Bible tells us in Psalm 50 and verse number 15, and call upon me in the day of trouble, I will deliver thee. That's a great promise. A, a tremendous and powerful promise that we need to lay hold of. So God's time clock does not always coincide with ours. Would, would you say amen to that? doesn't always coincide with us. I, I know if we were to ask Pastor John this evening, would you just as soon your dad get out of that hospital tonight or would you rather have him lay there for a few more days? You'd say, I want him out tonight. And, oh, and rightfully so. What, whatever infirmity you're having, whatever problems you might be facing, you'd just as soon, they'd be over right now rather than delaying the, the, the release and the deliverance. But God's time clock does not always coincide with us. But you can always be confident that God is at work. You know that little chorus, we've sung it before. God answers prayer in the morning. God answers prayer at noon. God answers prayer at night. So keep your heart in tune. I'm thankful that we have a God that answers prayer. There's a, a hymn that we sing as well. There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God. Aren't you thankful in that trying and troublesome hour that you can cuddle up to the Lord and get close to the Lord and feel his loving presence and power surrounding you? At that time of darkest hour, I'm thankful there's a place of quiet rest, a place of comfort, 
a place of encouragement, a place where you don't feel threatened and at loss, but you feel the loving arms of the Lord and the sustaining strength of our God and the direction that he wants to give you in life. Prayer is a place of fellowship. The Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 3 and in verse number 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come into him and sup with him and he with me. A lot of times we use that verse in reference to salvation. But the Lord's not talking about salvation in that passage of Scripture. I think there's an application that can be made there. But in reality, what he's saying to the church is you've excluded me. You've, you've put me on the outside and you're not including me in the work that you're doing. And I'm knocking at your door. You've shut me out. And isn't that true a, a lot of times in our individual life? Rather than turning to the Lord and allowing the Lord to do a great work in our life, we shut him out. We, we don't go to him in prayer. We, we don't read his word. We might get to disgusted and disappointed and frustrated because things aren't happening the way that we want them to happen. So we just kind of shut the door on the Lord. And he said, now wait a minute. I'm standing at your door knocking. I, I want to come in. I, I want to fellowship with you. I want to sup. And that's what that word sup means there. I want to fellowship with you. So don't be guilty of shutting the Lord out and excluding him from your everyday needs and activity. Make sure that you understand that when we pray, we're fellowshipping with the Lord. We're in the presence of God Almighty. Uh, certainly, if you take your Bibles and go to the uh, book of Luke chapter 22, uh, you'll discover that prayer is, is a place that we need to frequent. In, in Luke 22... The Bible tells us beginning in verse number 39, Luke 22 and in verse number 39, uh, the, the Bible says this, and, and, and he came out, come out and went as it was wont to the Mount of Olives and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou wilt be willing, remove this cup from me, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And, and there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer and, and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray lest ye enter in to temptation. The Lord Jesus found it necessary to frequent that place of prayer. And several times in this portion of Scripture, the Bible refers to our Savior praying. You'll find it in several verses there. We need to frequent that. That word want in verse number 39, W-O-N-T. Do you know what that means? It was his habit. It was his custom. It, 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 it was the very course that he followed on a regular basis. And his was want. He went to the Mount of Olives. His disciples followed him. The latter verse of verse 40, he prayed that he enter not into temptation. But prayer is also a place of fasting. Remember when the early church was about to send out their first missionaries? 
in Acts chapter 13. What did they do? They fasted and they prayed and they laid their hands on who? Who was the first missionaries? Anybody know? What? Barnabas? I heard that name somewhere. And Paul. Paul and Barnabas were the first missionaries. God laid their, uh, he, they laid their hands on them and sent them out to do a work for the Lord. So it's through prayer that we seek the counsel of the Lord. We seek and find solace from the Lord, comfort from the Lord. It's through prayer that we find strength from the Lord. And you know, it's through prayer that we find servants for the Lord. Uh, if there's a need of workers here at Malbrook Baptist Church, and I've never been in a church where more workers were not needed. There's always something to do. And, it, and it's usually a, a few that are willing to work and labor in the lo local church. And like Pastor John said, many hands make light work. If everyone would do what they're capable of doing, what they're uh, gifted to do, just think how much more could be done for the cause of Christ right here at Malbrook Baptist Church. I've never, never, ever been in a church that didn't need more workers. And I've never been involved in a ministry uh, that you didn't need more workers. Our ministry needs more workers. We need more workers in, in South Carolina. We need more workers in, in uh, Bedford, Pennsylvania. We need more churches that would be willing to have scripture assembly. We're constantly in need of more getting involved. Uh, the, over half of the world has yet to be reached with the gospel. That responsibility is upon our shoulders. And so it's through prayer, the power of prayer, the privilege of prayer that we're able to get more workers for the Lord. And it's through prayer that we get satisfaction and it's through prayer that we defeat the devil. You remember when Peter was about to deny the Lord and the Lord reminded him, Satan wants you. And what did Jesus respond in saying to him? But I have prayed for you. When you're converted, strengthen thy brethren. That reminds you and it reminds me that we can defeat the devil through this great, powerful privilege of prayer. The devil wants to ruin us and destroy us. He goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And he's lurking in the bushes waiting for that opportune time to pounce on you personally, to pounce on your family, to pounce on the church and bring nothing but ruination and defeat. And it's through prayer that we're able to defeat him and what he wants to do. It's through prayer that sick people are healed. Do you believe God can heal? I just don't believe in divine healers, earthly divine healers. But I sure believe in the divine healer. And that's God himself. He can heal. Whatever sickness, whatever disease, whatever problem we might have, I know the Lord is able to do that. Sometimes he chooses to do that. Sometimes he chooses not to do that. But it's in the hands of the Lord. And we ought never to fail to pray for sick people to be helped and to be strengthened and, and to find health and strength to carry on. Uh, it's through prayer that the impossible is able to be done. When we first started this ministry, I... I never dreamed that it would take us to where we are today. Do, do you realize that we ha have almost a million dollars worth of equipment 
to print the gospel? And it's all paid for? No debt? We're about to enter into this building project and need $550,000 to do that and we're not going to go in debt to do it. We're trusting the Lord, uh, allowing God. Uh, we just got a, a notice today that uh, when, we, when we buy the Bible, uh, the uh, paper that we print the scripture books on, uh, the last load that we purchased, which was just a few months ago, uh, it cost 16000 about $700 for that truckload of paper. We have another truckload coming. We ordered it today. It's coming in December. It was $22,700. Same amount of paper. The price just keeps going up. The last, the last truckload of paper that we bought to do Bibles uh, we paid a, a little over $21,000 for it. The one that we ordered and will be coming on the 22nd of November, $27,000. Uh, I guess I'm going to have to stop saying we can produce a Bible for $2.50. Going to have to calculate this out again. But uh, in all these years, I, you know, we started a number of years ago, and, and the scripture books were 12 cents apiece. Guess what they are today? That's still 12 cents a piece. We're going to have to take a closer look at that and see where we are in that. But what, what I'm saying is uh, God has answered prayer. And, and what seemed to be so impossible and unbelievable has come to pass because God was in it. And, and he supplied and done marvelous and mighty things. And I, I say that to you because all things are possible through prayer. It really is. So don't fail to pray. Make sure that you're praying. God imparts wisdom that way. Have a decision to make? Go to the Lord in prayer. He's able to do that. And that's why we're going to go to the truck and pray tonight. Because we believe in prayer. And those scriptures need to be protected because the devil wants to destroy them and ruin them and keep them from getting to the field where they're most needed and away from the people that need to hear about the Lord Jesus Christ. And so our, our real work begins as we go to the Lord in prayer and, and fight that spiritual battle on our knees in prayer that we can overcome what Satan has designed and purposed to do. Why? Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So if you're able tonight, let's uh, pack up our belongings uh, head out to the truck and we'll gather around that truck. Pastor John is going to lead us in a prayer of dedication uh, for that and protection for those scriptures. And uh, they will be on their way and accomplishing great and mighty things for the glory of God. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. So let's make our way out to the truck.